Welcome to Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians podcast. Here, we explore the central topics of intentional life design, boundaries, health, wellness, and leadership for physicians. I am dedicated to helping you create meaningful structures in your life that support both professional and personal growth. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Miller. I've tackled some of the same issues that many of us in the medical field struggle with such as creating meaningful connections, imposter syndrome, and having a life outside of the office. Join me each week as my guests and I tackle these topics and so much more, delivering content that shows you the importance of investing time into yourself beyond caring for those around you. Tap the follow button so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, today we are going to be talking about difficult conversations or challenging conversations. Having difficult conversations is one of the most common challenges that leaders have. It's one of the things I oftentimes see with my executive coaching companies, my leadership development clients. And it's something that is not easy for anybody, I don't think. So I don't really know of anyone who actually enjoys having a challenging conversation or a difficult conversation. Actually, I take that back. I know one person. I know <laughs> I know one person who likes conflict. But in general, most people don't enjoy having challenging conversations. Most people don't like it. Most people are generally happy people. They like for people to get along. They want to have relationships with people that are productive. They don't like it. I know I found it very challenging as a leader to have challenging and difficult conversations, and I found strategies that can help, and I want to share them with you today. So in this episode, we're going to tackle difficult conversations and how to make those conversations a little bit easier. If you're a leader, have you ever had a complaint about a surgeon throwing instruments or another physician, you know, throwing or being very aggressive? Or have you been told that you need to get a physician in line and you have no idea what to do? If you are a practicing surgeon, have you ever had a urologist be incredibly rude to you or another surgeon refused to help or a primary care doctor refused to do a consult on your patient. These are some real examples. Trust me, these are real examples that can be very difficult and very challenging for you to address. And after today, you should find these conversations much easier. So the first step that I would encourage you to do is to think about neutrality. So in other words, when you think about the situation and how to address the person, think of it coming from a neutral space. Think about the actual actions and the facts of an incident. That actually brings up one other thing is if you're hearing something, make sure you get both sides of the story from the participants. It's so easy to think about how actions make us feel and how our thoughts about a situation make us feel. And it's so easy to think about how patient care was affected 
and how disrespectful the individual was. And what happened as a consequence from the actions that the other party did. When dealing with these situations, we have to remain neutral and objective and not automatically go to our thoughts and our feelings about the situation. We may not even like the individual. If it's somebody who's a troublemaker and is always causing ruckus and having you deal with their behavior, it can be challenging to do that. When I talk about neutrality, try to think about what is in common between the two of you. We all have weaknesses and we all have strengths. And I I really do think that there is positivity in all of us. There's also negative in all of us too, but there is positivity in everyone. And attempt to have respect for one another, even if we don't like them. So that sums up the first one. So neutrality, that's the first thing. Calming up and addressing with the situation from a neutral space. The second tip is, is to ask questions. So after you ask the question, listen and pause. Listening is an important skill to learn how to develop. The more we listen, the more we learn from others. And pause before responding. Don't always think about what you want to say next, because when you're thinking about what you want to say, you're not listening. This is an important skill that I've had to learn as a coach, and it's something that I'm constantly working on. I was so used to thinking about what I wanted to say next, I had to learn to put the brakes on that and take a step back and listen better. So I encourage you to ask questions and listen and pause for the answer. So that's the second tip. The third is to be direct. (laughs) As a kid, I remember my dad would ask a question and he would say, shoot me straight, Rachel, shoot me straight. And shoot me straight really meant was just give me the answer. We want to come across as confident and that we know what we want, and we know how to address the situation. Have you all seen the executive presence talk? It's I think it's a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy. It's, it's a wonderful presentation. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Go and look at it. And I'm planning on having an executive presence talk probably in a, the next one to two months or so. So look out for that podcast episode. But think about how someone you respect walks into a room. They oftentimes are avoiding filler words or fluff words. They're most of the time very direct with what they want, what they need, and getting across what's important to them. This is something that takes practice. I've even practiced this with a few clients that I've had some challenging and difficult conversations that they need to prepare for. And it's amazing how a little bit of practice can help prepare you for these challenging conversations that are coming up. The next one is be mindful of timing. When addressing a conflict, if it affects you, especially if you were wronged, you want to consider taking some space to cool down. You don't want to come in hot-headed and full steam ahead. I'm thinking maybe one to two days. 
you don't want too much time to pass because you don't want them to forget. Even though it still may be fresh in your mind, it may not be fresh in their mind. So one to two days is an optimal time to let things pass so you can cool off and cool down. The next tip that I have is making the other person feel safe to share. The first thing to think about is the setting. What kind of setting am I in to address this person? You don't want to intentionally address things in public or around other people. Make sure the place is in private. So that's the one thing about safety. The other one is be curious and be willing to hear the other person's side of the story and what their point of view is. When people feel safe, they're more likely and they're more willing to engage in a productive conversation. Think about not embarrassing the person. If you embarrass someone, they're not going to want to talk to you. They're not going to be willing to have a productive conversation with you if they feel embarrassed. The last tip I have is focus on what you really want. Difficult conversations can present themselves when you're on the spot and in a very vulnerable situation. Think about what it is that you really want out of this conversation. Do you want to save money? Do you want respect? Do you want autonomy? Do you want, if you're a leader and you're having to address another physician about being late, do you just want the doctor to show up on time? Are you wanting to increase engagement across your organization? Are you wanting someone to take care of the patient that you ask them to see? Do you want another person or the office manager or your assistant? Do you just want them to do their job? So if you focus on what it is that you really want out of a conversation, it can help you remain objective and potentially overlook some things so that you can get what it is that you are wanting to get out of the situation. You may have heard of the book called Crucial Conversations, and the main author of this book is called Carrie Patterson. There are a few other authors who wrote this book, and looks like they worked on this book as a team, and have had the opportunity to participate in a Crucial Conversations workshop. If your hospital is offering a workshop on Crucial Conversations, or if you have the opportunity to participate in a Crucial Conversations workshop, I highly recommend for you to participate in this. This workshop was wonderful. I've got a lot of value out of this workshop. But anyways, in this book, they outline what the definition of a crucial conversation is. And they have a very detailed analysis of the crucial conversation, what it is, and also strategies on how to get through these difficult conversations and do it in a way that is elegant and respectful to all parties. This system works. About a month after I did this workshop, I had the opportunity (laughs) to practice what was in this workshop. And it worked. 
There's a few components, and I'll let you know the three components that are a part of a crucial conversation. So what makes a conversation a crucial conversation? The first is if there are strong emotions. If there are strong emotions that are present, that's number one. Number two is if there are opposing opinions. If two people have different feelings about something, that is the second part of a crucial conversation. Number three, if the stakes are high, if you are dealing with a situation where the stakes are high, someone of high power or high caliber, there can be potentially a lot of emotion around those if the implications of addressing this the wrong way or a negative outcome are really big. That's the other component to a crucial conversation. So I'll recap that. Strong emotions, opposing opinions, and high stakes. Those are the three components to a crucial conversation. So here's some examples of a crucial conversation. If you and your spouse are having a discussion about the outcome of a marriage, like if you're deciding to stay or if you're deciding to go, that would be strong emotions, opposing opinions, potentially, and high stakes. There's a high stakes associated with deciding whether or not to stay or go in a marriage. Another example of a crucial conversation is if someone is disrespecting you. If you have a colleague that is disrespecting you, there's strong emotions there. There are opposing opinions and the stakes are high. If you and your spouse are discussing finances in the household, again, Strong emotions, potentially opposing opinions, and high stakes. If you're a leader and you have to give someone a unfavorable performance review, that can be a crucial conversation. If you are having to deal with a conversation with your in-laws or even your nanny about how to address behavior with your children, again, crucial conversation. Strong emotions, their opposing opinions, and the stakes are high. We have a few options on how to deal with a crucial conversation. We can avoid it, just not deal with it, just not have it. We can deal with it and handle it poorly, or we can face them and handle them well. And that takes practice and it takes intentional work to do that. For my physicians who are in leadership, I want to introduce you to an important concept, and it's the foundation of a team. And this is a concept that I go into very deep with uh, my leadership clients, my executive coaching and leadership development clients, but I'll give a high-level approach today. There is an author by the name of Patrick Lencioni, and he wrote the book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And in this book, he stated that there were five dysfunctions that make up a poorly functional team. And at the base of this is lack of trust. And later, I don't know, maybe about two months or so, I'll have an episode that's planned on specifically talking about how to have trust in a team. So definitely look out for that. But as you go up in the pyramid of trust, you'll find accountability higher in the pyramid. So if your team doesn't trust you, you can't climb the ladder and have healthy accountability conversations and even crucial conversations. 
It's just not possible. So in summary, I want to review the recommendations on having difficult conversations. One is neutrality, coming from a neutral space. Think objective, objective information, being neutral. The second is ask questions, listen, pause. The third is be direct, shoot them straight. You know, <laughs> hopefully that helps you is shoot them straight, shoot them straight. The fourth is be mindful of the timing. You may need to take time away from an event prior to addressing this difficult conversation. The next is establish safety. Have a private conversation. Make sure that the person you're addressing feels safe. And then the very last is focus on what it is that you're wanting in this conversation. What is your outcome? What are you hoping to get from this conversation? So in closing, please let me know how this episode resonated with you. Send me a message to my Instagram inbox. Shoot me up in my DMs, as the young kids say. <laughs> Dr. Rachel Miller, MD. Dr. Rachel Miller, MD. Thanks for your time today, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to this Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians episode. Did you have an aha moment? I'd love it if you shared it with me on Instagram at Dr. Rachel Miller, MD. That's Dr. Rachel Miller, MD. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and a review. If there's a specific topic you'd like for me to cover or a guest you'd like for me to have on the show, please let me know. I love your suggestions.